Welcome to the Reseller Entrepreneur, the podcast for reseller hobbyists eager to turn reselling into a successful business. Learn from Mike and other reseller entrepreneurs as they share their experiences and tips on running an online business. Here's your host, Old Fashioned Mike. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining. So today's episode, slight divergence from normal uh, topic, although not really. Um, it's called Selling Your Business is a Pain in the Ass. That's the title of today's episode. And um, <laughs> I've, I've learned a lot. I don't know if I've learned a lot, actually. I've, I've learned what I think I already knew, but I've now learned it firsthand knowledge versus uh, what people have told me. Selling your business is a pain in the ass, and it's true. So I've sold businesses before, and um, and what's a little different about this time is that I, uh, you know, I've been talking about getting out of clothing for a bit because I don't want to move it. That's the entire motivation, frankly. But um, I'm finding that um, selling an eBay business is different than selling a regular business because you're only. I'm not really selling the entire business. I'm really only selling the inventory, and so it offers some new challenges that you don't have when you sell a business outright. So let me be very, very clear. Um, when it's my turn to sell out completely, I'm going to sell my account. Basically a turnkey solution where you have a website, you have your eBay store and maybe other stores if, uh, um, depending on the time, I guess, but, and, um, and you sell the account. And so essentially you're doing is you're shutting down your account you're shipping all the inventory over to, and you're, fixtures and everything over to the new owner. And then that owner basically just turns the spigot back on when it's time uh, to restart the business. That's essentially what you sell when you sell your eBay business. That's the way, only way to sell it. Um, and I'm finding that out firsthand knowledge this time. So I've had a few people inquire of three, four, four people inquire. And, and so by the way, some, uh, two of them are listeners. So I want to make it very, very clear I'm going to talk about you, <laughs> not about you personally. I'm just going to talk about the experience and, um, you know, uh, it's, you learn some stuff, um, when you're doing this, um, but I make sure I'm not going to talk to about you by name and, um, or location because I, I just don't want, you know, this is a, not a judgment situation. This is a me, just, this is my experience and, and, uh, this is, this is the kind of the issues that I'm running into. All right. So, so let's talk about that. So I've had, um, like I said, four inquiries. One was just not that there were, it was just a dead end. So I, that's why I was not sure if it's three or four, but one from a very prominent YouTuber and then two from listeners. So the other one was just a, a local, a local person. So, um, so let's talk about that. First problem you run into is that when you're selling just inventory, you are, uh, people are expecting to spend even less than they would pay for at the thrift shop. Um, and so that is a, and, and by the way, that's fine. I get that. Everybody's looking for a deal. Um, but which I've discovered is that people don't value their time as an expense. So, um, so I have 3000, or so items. And it's actually more like 2,800. I was pointed out. So 2,800 at this point. And imagine how long it would take you to go out and thrift that 2,800 items, assuming all the 2,800 items are, are good. Now I would say probably 2,700 of, 
of the 2800 that I have are good um, that have an average selling price of about 26 bucks. So um, people don't value their time the same way they value their money. And that's interesting because actually the reality is, is that it would take you a very, very long time, uh, well, at least a year, if not longer, unless you are not that very picky about your, your uh, selections, that um, you don't have to do if you buy uh, inventory outright. So in other words, um, and I've done this before too, is that I've seen other people that needed to get out of the business. Um, in my case, I'm just changing the business, but... And uh, they sold me their stock, and they basically sold it to me for what they bought it for. And and the reason is, is I value my time very much. So it would t- I've bought usually three to five hundred items at a time, and in those three to five hundred items, I've paid, you know, three to five dollars uh, per item, depending on what I was buying. And I found that um, if I didn't have, it would take me probably to get 300 really good items, it's, it would take me probably about a month to do. And so I said, okay, well, you know, if I'm, if I'm spending the same amount of money, including shipping, by the way, if I pay, spend the same amount of money that I would normally sell in a thrift store, what am I saving? Well, I'm saving a month's worth of work, or let's call it at 20 hours a week doing sourcing. I, you know, I'm talking probably three to $5,000 savings. That's the way I look at it. And I think that's what I'm suggesting is that's the way you should look at it as well when you're buying inventory from other people. Don't think about it in time term of money. Now, get the best deal you can, and um, that's fine. I get it. Um, and but uh, but value your time because the thing is, is it's going to take you a while. And if you have if you're in a location where you don't have that good inventory, and um, you know even more so, right? Because you have to go outside of your area. Or if you're in a situation where, you know, you're in the Northeast like I am and I can get tons and tons and tons of jackets and, you know, Patagonia and all the item and North Face and things like that. But you're otherwise you're maybe you're, you're in Arizona and you can't get that stuff. Think about what you can get when you could buy outside of your area, too. So so there's some there's some time element that you need to kind of figure into what you're doing because time is very, very precious uh, in this business. So that's number one. Number two, and this goes specifically to a uh, one of the buyers, uh, a prospective buyers, um, is that he had three thousand already in his death pile. So if you have a death pile of uh, of any um, size, unless you get a killer deal, then you shouldn't be looking because actually the thing is is that in his case, and I and I told I think he he realized that, and that was good that he realized that because I would have suggest I mean as the seller I probably wouldn't have reminded him that but but as a podcaster I'm going to now remind him of that if he didn't think about this if you have a three thousand uh, uh, item uh, uh, pool already a dead pile that you haven't looked at I mean the reality is is that my my three thousand items are just going to sit on top of his three thousand items and so what does he do first does he you know does he you know, do something and wait. And then, you know, to, to get to his old death pile. And while he's doing my stuff, the reality is, is that even though clothing, uh, for the most part, men's clothing, for the most part, stay in fashion relatively. The reality is, is that, you know, we are dealing in used older fashion. So what's going to happen is that if styles change at all, then uh, and you have a six in this case it would be a six thousand item dead pile. The reality is is that uh, that is is that it's deteriorating in price right, to some extent. Now we're dealing with jeans and sh- shirts and polos and things like that, so it's, it doesn't 
deteriorate too much. If you, if it's women's clothing, clothing, forget it. That's one of the complaints I have about women's clothing is that, uh, it, 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 Basically, the styles change so much that uh, you, you know you have something unless it's a staple like jeans or something like that. It's hard to sell used women's clothing, in my opinion. Now, you might be really good at it. That means you're, you're good at it. I just don't understand it. So, postcards, on the other hand, and other antiques, they just they go up in value. So you don't really concern yourself anyway. So the point is, you're saving time, and time time is money, right? So that's that's my view. But if you have a death pile. Um, or you don't have the facilities to handle that amount of inventory, then, you know, don't buy it, you know, buy smaller lots of it because, uh, you, you gotta be able to process it, process it. If it's going to sit there for months on end, then you're doing nobody any favors. But think about this way though. If I were to sell my account, then they wouldn't have to list everything, right? All the pictures would be there. All the descriptions would be there. They could tweak them if they want, but essentially it'd be shutting it off and then turning it back on when they get the inventory back up. And that's not what I'm selling. What I'm selling is my inventory, right? So it's a different animal. So uh, now I will tell you in the collectible space, it's probably going to be less of a problem because there are outlets other than eBay and uh, podcasts, I guess. <laughs> you, know, you can go directly to uh, a show and then sell everything. Now, also, I could theoretically go to a swap meet and sell everything. Um, I certainly could probably get rid of it for more than I've spent uh, on it. But essentially, I was looking just to you know recoup what I've already spent, thinking that other people value their time uh, the same way I value my time. Time and money to me are synonymous, right? So uh, time and money are not synonymous to everybody. The other thing that I'm finding is that um, I think there's a lot of people get sticker shock. So I, another one of my buyers was a person who uh, listens to this show. And I think with, they were thinking that I had 3000 items that, you know, they were going to get it for three, $3,000. Right. And so they were think so that, I mean, that's, I don't know that to be a fact. I didn't discuss it with them, but they weren't just, they were just not ready to spend the kind of money that I'm asking. So, um, and that's, um, same thing with the, uh, high value YouTuber as well. That person, um, also, um, when I told them how much they said, Oh no, that's too much. I'm going to hold on for a second. <laughs> how much time would you have to, to spend to go out and get all this stuff? You know, and, and he, in this case has the facilities and the people and the systems to be able to bring this in. Um, now the other one person did ask, do I have all the pictures still? And I, of course, stupidly deleted them because I figured they're in the system. That was dumb. That was really dumb on my part. I, 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 and I just did it recently to free up disk space because I was, I didn't want to spend more money with Google on disk space, which was really dumb because it would have been pennies on the dollar and I could have been, and I had everything in folders that were labeled with the proper, proper, uh, uh skew. And it was just really a really simple thing. I, I should have just kept it. I just didn't. That was dumb. And I think that would be more valuable. So the per, so it's easy, right? I could easily go to list perfectly and download all the descriptions and all sorts of stuff. And if I had all the photos, then really I could have handed that over or I could have given them access to my account with, which is probably how I'm going to do it now. If you want to buy my clothing, you, you get access to my, my list perfectly account and I'll just sign it over to you essentially. And then you can then just reconfigure it and then you could just upload all your stuff or, well, it would be my stuff, but upload all your stuff there. Um, that's probably the way to do it, but that's, that's a workaround. But, um, uh, you know, I want you to do a simple math calculation. 
And the calculation is this. If you have 2,800 items and your sell-through rate's 8% and your average profit is $15, how much is that per month? Okay. The answer is 3,360. So, um, so for the 25,000, I was asking for the items, I was giving you a income of $3,360 a month, uh, basically until everything sells out. Now, where did I get these numbers? Well, I mean, I have a history, right? And so, um, I, one of the comments that was made is like, oh, I don't get that. I, my sell through, my sell through rates like 5%. So, what I would ask um, anybody who has a sell-through rate of 5% on clothing um, that you need to say, well, why is that? And the answer is, is probably your titles aren't where they need to be, uh, that you're not cross-listing uh, to, uh, you know, mind you have to cross-list with clothing. If you don't cross-list with clothing, you're losing money. You know, that's 20, 30, to maybe even 50 sales a month out of 2,800 um, items. Um, so you, their sell-through rate on those individual platforms are really low. But if you're using something like List Perfectly, you're spending a hundred bucks, essentially with List Perfectly, um, to have the high-end uh, account, and uh, that hundred bucks uh, has a return rate. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. of maybe, you know, one or 2%, it's really low compared to eBay. Um, but at the end of the day, um, your total return rate should be, be between eight and 9%. That's what I've experienced pretty much from the very beginning. As a matter of fact, I, um, I think initially it was even higher. It was like 14 or 15%. And that's only because everything was new and it was listing a lot and so on and so forth. But, but the reality is your return rate needs to be between eight and 9%. And if it's not between eight and 9%, you got to ask yourself what's going on. Right. So, um, it's either you don't have it in, in front of enough eyeballs. You're not paying for promoted listing, which you absolutely have to do, uh, when you're selling clothing because of the comp competitive nature of clothing. Um, you need to have your titles to be really descriptive. Most people's titles suck. They're really just horrible. And so, uh, one of the, uh, buyers says, well, you know, I, I get 5%. I was like, uh, you got to revisit your titles. I said, you know, you know, look at what I had have and, you know, and he's probably going to emulate it or maybe he won't. I don't know. Maybe his sell-through rate's not as higher than he thinks it is. Who knows? I don't know what his situation is. Um, he's the one with the death pile and of 3000. So, um, you know, obviously he's, he's got a big operation. So, uh, so sometimes when you have a big operation, you, uh, don't necessarily pay as much attention to some of these numbers because, um, yeah, your inventory is so high. You know, there's always a, a way to sell more. It's just to list more, right? So uh, we always say this, and I think any YouTuber that you've probably heard or anybody, any book that's ever been written is, is that the more products you put into eBay, the more you're going to get out of it. And that's true. I mean, really, and, and everything sells on eBay. So it's just, uh, you know, eventually, uh, even the crappiest of crap sells, I think, <laughs> at some rate. It might not be where you need it to be, but it does sell. So anyway, just, to, you know, to bring it to a close, that particular thing is, you know, time is money and sell through rates important. 
and think of think of an inventory as a stream of income over a certain amount of time. So if, like I said, 8% is you're selling 225-ish items, $15. Anyway, it comes up to, like I said, 3360 I think it came out to. So so think about that. And that's what you, when you want to, when you acquire stuff, you need to look at what is it going to bring you in revenue monthly based upon a, a sell through rate of X, whatever that X is. And then you need to look at is that X comparable to that sell through rate comparable to what Terapeak says it should be, right? So, you know, if you get polos, we've talked about this before, but if you get polos, they sell at, at certain times of the year, they sell at 25%. Uh, sell through rate, which is f- phenomenal. Now, I've never experienced that high of sell through rate on, on stuff. Um, it's certainly better than eight, um, but it's not 25. So, you know, who knows why? Uh, I'd say 25 maybe not, not be a real number, but um, but it, that's what it says. At certain times a year, the sell through rate's high. So, all this culminates into uh, what I uh, anticipate to be true is is that you're better off selling your business lock, stock, and barrel. So when it's time for you to sell your business, you need to have your website up and running. You need to have your inventory titles really good. Really good. You need to have um, your eBay store cleaned up. Your pricing strategies there. Your inventory strategies are there. You need to have it all documented, and you're going to sell your entire account lock stock and barrel now what are the legal ramifications that with ebay i don't know and the reality is i don't think ebay really cares in the sense is because you're going to still be using the same or at least you'll be using the same email address which is what you're going to sell them as well right so mine is vintagepaperboy.com i frankly I don't use that yet because i you know as you know i've changed uh recently so i'm in the process of doing all this stuff and getting where the clothing is just part of it um but i anticipate when i sell i'm going to have a website that is branded to my to my brand it's going to have the type of inventory that would be commensurate with that brand so another no clothing um it's going to have uh all the feedback related to my eBay account, uh, in place, um, which it is fine. Um, it's going to have the connections to, uh, to, uh, Bonanza, uh, that, which is free and that imports all your stuff, all, all your stuff. And, uh, and most importantly, your feedback, all that stuff is then going to be intact. So when you're buying, you're buying kind of like a, a, a whole store, like an experience for your seller, uh, for if, to the person you sell it to. Right. So they'll have basically a turnkey solution. I'm not offering that this time. Right. Uh, so I'm still trying to sell my clothing, but to be honest, you, the nice thing about, about my inventory, other than moving it, the nice thing is, is that it does help, um, bring in more dollars as I'm growing my antiques business. And so that uh, does do that. It does flip off $3,000 a month, every month. Right. So I'm actually in pretty good shape when that goes. And so I'm actually not that heartbroken that I haven't sold it because it is, you know, like I said, it's kicking $3,000. And if I were to sell it for 25, which is what I was asking, um, that, you know, essentially that $3,000, you know, was it eight months, nine months? Well, let's call it nine months, right? So it's nine months worth of income. Um, Nine times eight is seventy-two, right? Is that right? Yeah, nine times yeah. So seventy-two. So it's uh, seventy-two. Um, 
uh, it's 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 essentially uh, at the end of nine months, I'd have thirty percent of my inventory left. So uh, you know, since I would have sold seventy percent of it, that's what I'm trying to get to. So obviously, that three thousand dollars would probably get less and less and less if I'm not replenishing. Now, if you're buying it, you would be replenishing. So it's different. And as I add in more antique inventory, it still does kick the algorithm a little bit with eBay, so that it does sell. Uh, on uh, on the eBay platform still as if it, as if I'm still kind of an active user on eBay because I am an active user on eBay. Now what I could do, and, and maybe maybe I will do. I don't know yet, I'm, or maybe I'm not going to do anything at all. I'm just I'm thinking out loud here. So um, I could actually just spin off a new account and move all my inventory over using uh, using List Perfectly, and then basically run it as if it's a brand new eBay account get some get some feedback my website's already in place and my email address is already in place and everything so that i could then just easy easily just sell it lock stock and barrel but the reality is that's probably gonna take me you know three to four months to do appro- appropriately um and so it pro- probably doesn't make sense for me to do it but i have to think about that but then it would be i'd be selling an entire account so this the people who have made bids on my on my um, inventory, they're not getting that. Now, there is an option is that I could just box it all up and then sell it in big crates um, on eBay and just basically, you know, basically turn 3,000 listings into 30 listings, let's say, you know, of 100 a piece. And then, you know, so you're buying lots of 100 and 100 items. And again, I could probably then charge, um, shipping and I could charge all that stuff. So I, there's, there's definitely avenues to do it. Um, but there are upsides and downsides to all that. The downside of basically boxing it up is I'd have to actually, I wouldn't be selling this stuff as if I'm, as I'm listing, because you don't want to be in a situation where you're, you're, uh, boxing in boxes of a, a hundred and then you've got to go find something you sold individually from an existing listing. So I'd have to actually delist all that stuff, which is not a problem. Um, and then box it up and then basically sell in lots of a hundred. Would I get what I paid for it? I probably would actually, cause I could sell a box of a hundred shirts of good shirts for 500 bucks. I, I, I gotta believe I could do that. So, uh, and then you charge for shipping and it wouldn't be a big deal. So there are, there are definitely different avenues to do. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of at a, a crossroads here cause I kind of wanted to just do it lock, stock and barrel, but maybe that's not what's going to happen. Um, I am going to go through an inventory process where I'm going to um, basically go through and really see how how small I can get my inventory and go through and get rid of the stuff that's not going to move. Like, for instance, I've learned some of the stuff I bought early, early on, I know is not going to move, at least not very quickly. So at the end of that process, I really will know what I have, and then I can make some strategic uh, choices. But why I'm talking about this and why this is an episode is because I really want you to kind of understand what's happening and not, not with me as a, like I'm that important, but I'm saying what's going to happen when you run into the same situation down the road, when you want to get out of the business or you want to move into a different area and you no longer want to carry a certain line of, uh, of items, you should have an exit strategy. That, that's really kind of what I'm trying to say. What's, what's your exit strategy? So my exit strategy is really kind of different. 
Um, but it shows you some of this, some of the issues that I'm having uh, doing this because um, I know um, that uh, I don't want to be left over with a bunch of clothes that I can, I'm not going to be able to wear and I'm not going to be able to sell. And maybe, just maybe, I would want to stop completely. Now, I'm not nearly where, there yet, so I'm not really worried about it. I'm just doing, making the transition, um, and I didn't want to move that stuff. But the reality is is that um, I might have to move it, and that's fine. Once it's in the truck, it, then it's not a big deal. I mean, then it's just like, okay, it's going with me, right? I'm just trying to get – once it's on the truck, it's not for sale anymore, all right? That's what I'm saying. As a matter of fact, I've, I've made the – uh, to the prominent YouTuber, which who remain nameless, um, I offered to take it down to their facility because they live in Florida and I'm going to Florida, so it'd be easy. But then I've realized after I made that offer, and then of course they wanted to pay less for it, and oh, that's fine. So um, I thought, well, it's on the truck then. Why do I care? I have a place to put it. Um, what I really wanted to do is avoid packing it. And, um, cause that's really kind of the pain for me, but once that's done, it's done. So anyway, so I'm still, so end result, I'm still selling it. If you are interested, please, you know, reach out to me, uh, via the website or at Mike at old or Mike at mctrading.com will work as well. Um, and I will get back to you. So, okay. But know that I'm, I'm basically selling it for 20. Well, it's, well, it's, it's basically $5 times the number of listings that I have. And the reason why I'm saying $5 because some stuff I have is, you know, is worth probably, you know, 10 or $15. If you bought it at a, a thrift store, some of it's worth two or $3. Nothing's free. Right. But it's, so essentially $5 seems like a, r- a good round number for me. And it does make sense. And, and it does, but I do tell you, it does kick off about $3,300 a month in income. That being said, you know, I'm on the Eastern seaboard. If you're on the Eastern seaboard, it makes sense. Um, but once it goes on the truck that I'm no, no longer really interested in selling it. Okay. So I, anyway, I hope this episode was helpful. I know that it's kind of a, a little different. Um, but you know, again, it's, a, it's something we're all going to face at some point in our reselling career. So I wanted to kind of go through what I was going through and I am going through and, um, and that's it. So I hope you learned from it and we will talk real soon. Thank you very much. And, you know, go to the website, oldfashionedmike.com and support the sponsors and so on and so forth. So, all right, talk to you soon. Bye. This episode has ended, but your journey towards turning your reselling hobby into a business doesn't have to. Head on over to oldfashionedmike.com for more information and tips on running a successful reselling business. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until next time.